What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Cretaceous Campcast. I'm Cretaceous Dave, and today I've got an interesting topic that, well, maybe you guys won't find it interesting. It's something I've thought a lot about before, something that was one of the first things in my brain watching Camp Cretaceous Season 4, and recently it just came back to the forefront when I was watching Jurassic World, the movie, with my son. Uh, it was just a few words he said to mom that brought this all back to me. So we're going to talk about that today. That may not be all that interesting to people, but it's the kind of topic I want to discuss connecting Camp Cretaceous to the movies and thinking about the show in some different ways that maybe didn't before because it's an animated kids show for the most part. And then when we're done, I have something else I just want to bring up on the surface, not Camp Cretaceous related, but it has the potential to be in my mind. I'm just making things up in my head. So we'll see where that goes. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. But first, we're going to get to the topic of the episode. And the topic is Rexy and Blue. And are they intentionally portrayed as good guys? I'm making finger quotes for the people only listening to the podcast. For the sake of marketing and to have kids want to like those dinosaurs. So this is going to go all over the place. Like just about everything I record. Nothing is scripted. I have literally no notes in front of me. I'm just talking off the top of my head. So if I bounce all around, that's why. But this is something I've been thinking about a lot since my first watch of season four. I even called into a different podcast when they were asking for reactions and... One of the first things I asked was about this topic. And it sounded like they didn't think about the question I asked. So, you know, I'm not sure if you guys are asking it or wondering it, or now I'm putting it in your head like, oh, yeah, good point. Is if you'll notice, not just Camp Cretaceous, but basically all Jurassic merch that's geared towards kids in particular, the faces of the franchise are Rexy in blue. Every set of pajamas has that. Most little kids thing have that. Most of the shirts have those. Sometimes you get a Mosasaurus or a Triceratops. Uh, you rarely see the Indominus unless it's on toys. Um, I can't think of any real official kids merch that has it. I know you can order stuff on Amazon from the print-on-demand services they offer and whatnot. Um, but anything drawn in the like cartoony kind of way, it's always Rexy and Blue. And thinking a little deeper... The trend of, yes, this is a big, scary, ferocious animal that can kill somebody, but hey, we help the humans out, we're good guys, has gone all the way back to 1993. And I know from reading a lot of stuff online and a number of different forums and social media channels and everything else, that's one of the big problems the Jurassic World franchise haters have. It's that they have humanized, for lack of a better word, the dinosaurs. Or some people say they made them as pets. And they're kind of ignoring how animals behave in general. That Blue in particular, Owen even says in Jurassic World that she imprinted on him from birth. That's a very real thing in a lot of animals. If she's the first thing he sees, she's got that connection immediately. She's also genetically created to be incredibly intelligent in the words of fallen kingdom she's the second most intelligent thing on the planet 
So yeah, she's going to be able to make that connection between good and bad and hey, this guy is my friend or almost a dad-like figure to her. We'll get into the Blue and the World franchise stuff in a little bit. But as a quick little recap back to 1993, how you first see this is from the introduction of the T-Rex through most of that film, we have the human characters and the stars running for their lives and being threatened. But if you really pay attention, Malcolm gets hurt. Yes. The only real threat is getting pushed off the cliff, which they're in a vehicle. There's not a lot of chance of getting eaten there. And the Jeep or the Explorer chase scene, which also when you really think about it, like, okay, there's not much chance. And then once Muldoon is able to kick it into the next gear, uh, the Jeep pulls away. So I was right the first time. It is a Jeep. Sorry. There's Explorer, Jeep. It's all happening at the same time. I don't know. It's, the movie's 30 years old. <laughs> anyway. But at the very end, the characters are seriously being threatened by the raptors, which if you think across the whole movie, the raptors are really the enemy, for lack of a better word, dinosaurs, the real threat to the humans. And here we go. Rexy comes in and saves the day, taking on some raptors, letting out that big glorious roar as the banner falls down. And it's our first introduction to she's dangerous. She will kill people. We have seen her already in this movie eat people but oh okay cool she saved the main stars of the film all right she's not too bad and basically becomes the face of the franchise even though she doesn't appear in the next two movies i don't think a lot of people at the time you know realized doty rex wasn't rexy it's a different island it never made sense but you know people don't always think logically you fast forward 14 years after jurassic park 3 and we have Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom, which take that same concept for both characters now. So first we're introduced to Blue. And when you first see her, yeah, she's listening to Owen. She's obeying Owen. They all seem kind of surprised, like, oh, she's finally following directions and whatnot. But at the same time, she's listening to him. She's trying to get the kid that fell in when he was trying to wrangle up the pig. Uh multiple times when he's in there they're all trying to get her, get him but then when owen's giving him a little speech and he says hey don't turn your back and you know like right up there in the face and snarling and i joke looks like my girl dog she'll do that if she's put in a cage not a cage it sounds so bad saying a dog's in a cage in a crate they do uh competitive events with dogs in a lot of these places you have to crate them somewhere so we put them in a crate she will purposely make that same face where she's sticking her snout and her teeth right in between two of the little bars and she looks yeah just like a raptor trying to get a new hire uh, anyway all throughout that movie there's that balance between blue's good and blue is terrorizing and eating people we see that when the indominus makes the whole raptor squad change their allegiance and says hey i'm the new alpha listen to me and then all of them are just going off on a tear, jumping on people, eating people. Blue is even trying to get to Barry. And Barry was probably the second closest human she had and respected after Owen. So you knew it was bad. They were even going to go after Owen until the very end of the film. And that's when we get the blue kind of intelligence and emotional connection where she sees Owen. She's like, this guy's basically my daddy that looks a little bit different. So, hey. You know, she's looking at the other raptors like, 
we're with this guy. We're going to help him. And that's when things kind of change. She's the hero, and she's helping the humans survive and fighting off the Indominus. When that's not working, because the rest of the squad's getting killed, or Blue gets tossed across Main Street, you know, the kids say, hey, we need more teeth. And Claire goes and lets out Rexy. Early in the film, we see her just eat at T-Rex feeding time through the you know, pretend log. And that's not a big deal. I don't think anybody thought anything of it. Most people probably thought, oh, that's it. You know, we're not going to see the T-Rex if they weren't paying attention to other stuff and whatever. And then she lets her out. And you don't get the full sense of she's dangerous. She's going to kill anybody because she's older. She's slower. She's thinner. She's been locked in this paddock for at least 10 years at this point. So she doesn't have the exercise and the hunting ability and everything else. So yeah, Claire's running away in high heels. And Rex is like, okay, got to try to keep up. So we don't really feel threatened by her. But then when she steps into the spotlight and the Indominus is there, that territorial mode kicks in. And then they're fighting and they're battling. And just as the Indominus is about to kill Rexy, here comes Blue out of nowhere, running and being awesome. And she's just jumping on her and they team up. And then even at the end, Rexy and Blue just look at each other like, we helped each other. We're good. And they go their separate ways. And another opportunity, they easily could have just turned around and attacked the human characters. Maybe not so much Blue at this point, because Blue's reestablished that relationship with Owen. She's like, all right, we're good. But Rexy could have been like, hey, I'm still hungry. And yeah, turn around and started chasing them. But she did it. So that film left us with, okay, these animals are deadly killers, but they're good guys. They're helping the human characters. They're helping the stars and heroes of our film. Now to connect Camp Cretaceous with Jurassic World, we don't see a lot of blue until season three, but in season four, Darius and Kenji fall into the paddock almost exactly the same as that new hire kid trying to wrangle up the pig. And the Raptor Squad at this point has got to be thinking, wow, twice in 24 hours, these young fools are falling in here. Maybe we're more intelligent than humans. I, I don't get it. But we see there that, hey, these animals are dangerous. And Dave and Roxy have to come and throw big slabs of meat in there to distract the raptors. And I'm sure in any other case, other than a kid's cartoon, that meat probably wouldn't have worked. But hey, they're not going to have a couple of teenagers get mauled by velociraptors in the first season of a kid's show. Probably not ever, but yeah, you get the point. So we see that. We just see them as a threat. Blue in particular, because she's the only one that makes it past that. But we see her as a threat. We don't see her as a good guy, good girl, yet. In season two, since it's happening after the events of Jurassic World, we know Rexy is out there. She's just roaming around, and she doesn't play a huge role in the season, but she plays a decent role. First, that she's building a nest and has the fake tree where the distress beacon is. So the kids have to get in there, and they're dealing with a whole lot of stuff, running away from the T-Rex, distracting the T-Rex, and all of this. And yeah, she's after them. You see her chasing them at times. She's definitely a threat. Later on in the season, when the human threat is introduced with Mitch and Tiff, and Hap, who turns out not to be a threat later on and actually helps the kids, 
Rexy comes back into the picture, and the kids use her strategy, and she's very threatening, again, on Main Street, and she's chasing everybody. It doesn't matter if they're good humans, bad humans, but you kind of get the sense that, okay, if she had to pick sides, she's going after the bigger people because they're meatier, they're bigger, and more likely they're just closer and easier to get. But as a kid watching it, you're thinking, hey, she's saving the kids. Yeah, she's trying to get the humans. And then later near the end of the season, she eats Mitch. So in a kid's eyes, hey, she's a good dinosaur. She ate one of the bad guys. And this is awesome. The only time we see Blue really is at the watering hole. And you may even make the connection you feel bad for her or she's very innocent because she was just right there, lined up in the scope. They were ready to fire the rifle and take down Blue. And how different would the franchise have been if that happened? <laughs> uh, but, you know, it doesn't work out that way. So we don't really see Blue as a threat in any way. She's just an animal being an animal and almost got shot for it. And then season three, we get more of Blue. And we get more of that balance where early on in the early confrontation with the kids... She's being very Velociraptor-like, but she's not immediately attacking. She seems skeptical and territorial. And personal thoughts, I've been saying all along since the first time I saw season three, I thought she was trying to nest in the visitor center. She was trying to lay an egg if she didn't already, trying to have a baby. She may have, and it may have gotten destroyed when the visitor center collapsed. So I, I honestly thought, her not being super aggressive had nothing to do with it being a kid's show because they've shown more aggressive animal behavior than what Blue portrayed. But I associated it with, hey, back away. We're good here as long as you get away from here. But Darius, Darius, Darius also had a little bit of, you know, Owen moments where he's, you know, doing hand thing and he's reaching out and we see kind of a mutual respect and that's fine. At this point, I'm just convinced, okay, you know, Blue understands what humans can be a threat, aren't a threat. She could probably smell fear and emotion and other stuff. That's not uncommon. I would not be surprised. Animals can do that. My dogs can do that. I mean, they're trained to find things by scent. But uh, sidetrack and talking about my girl dog again, when my wife was pregnant with our son, she may have known before we did because she began acting different and smelling her different. And just the hormonal change in my wife set something off in our girl dog and she was very different and acted very different around her and she's good with me too if something really bad is about to happen or if I'm feeling a certain way she will put her paws on me and just start licking my face all over to try to calm me down and get me to feel better and whatnot so yeah animals can do that so if she's sensing that from Darius you know she's like okay this even smaller human is it going to do anything to me we're all good here and then, of course, at, well, not the climax of the season, but the climax of that part of the arc, she's in there with the kids where she's, at first she's just trying to get at them, probably because they went into where she's building nests, so she's like, oh, no, stay away from my eggs. And then the Scorpius, and then another Scorpius are in there. Blue's like, all right, we got to put an end to this. And it may have been in part because she didn't want them destroying her nest or eggs or anything like that, but also in part of like, hey, these are good people. Like, they're not doing anything to me. Let's, you know, go our separate ways. Or she's got this thing for taking on big, ferocious hybrids. I don't know. But again, 
she portrays that hero, good girl, this is a good dinosaur card. And kids watching the show are left with, yeah, Blue, you save the kids and you help beat the Scorpius Rex. Kind of like she did for the Indominus. Now we move on over to Fallen Kingdom because we don't have anything in season four with either of those animals. The kids are off the island at that point. And there's not a whole lot of Rexy, but the two scenes we do, she's basically a hero saving people or getting rid of a bad guy. The first instance is they're all running away from the volcano. Gyrosphere closes and locks up. And then Owen's out of it. Just as the Carnotaurus is about to come to him, who comes? Rexy comes, grabs that thing by the neck, slams it on the ground, lets out a roar, and just keeps on walking. She could have gone after Owen. He's basically a free meal at that point, but nope. And could use the excuse she's trying to flee the volcano. She's trying to get safe, whatever. But there she is. She's helping somebody again and doesn't really threaten him at all. We've got the blood transfusion scene. That's, you know, whatever. But then at the end of the movie, not necessarily helping the humans, but she does a really great job of getting rid of one of the villains of that movie. And she also smashes the Indominus bone as she's walking away, which not as big of a deal because as far as we know, there's an entire Indoraptor corpse just sitting there impaled. Uh, so if anybody wanted DNA, it's right there for the taking unless other animals are in there picking it apart and eating it all up. I don't know. So there's Rexy helping out the good guys once again. And same thing with Blue. Blue wasn't very intimidating. She was starting to trust Owen again. She hasn't seen him in a couple years. She had one little run-in with the kids. Also, in my head, after watching Camp Cretaceous Season 3, yeah, she's nesting there with that overturned vehicle. I think I've brought this up in other things I've recorded. That I'm pretty sure that's what was going on. She was trying to nest there, so she's like, hey, hey, back up. And then she's like, oh, you're good. I remember you. We're cool. And someone gets a little trigger happy with the trank, and that sets her off, and she starts ripping people apart again showing you she's a ferocious killing animal but yes she still has the love and respect and understanding of owen and other humans that also respect her back as being an animal so that gets us all caught up with everything from the original jurassic park through fallen kingdom and now we're going to get to what first made me think of them being portrayed as good guys and not in the same sense as like kind of how I broke it down but in season 4 of Camp Cretaceous we get multiple scenes of Yaz having nightmares now PTSD is a super serious issue and I definitely applaud the writers of the show for introducing that kids watching the show may not understand but their parents or older siblings or somebody like a lot of us that we're just, you know, teenagers or adults watching that show, we get it. Maybe we've been through it. Maybe we have a family member that's been through it or a friend or something else. It's very real. And it was really real for her. And you could see the toll it was taking on her. But what I called in to something else to ask about was in all of the nightmares she had and one of them was the big one that showed most of the dinosaurs that were chasing her we don't see Rexy or Blue at all 
And my question was, do you think it was just Yaz didn't see them as a threat, something to be worried about? Or was it a conscious decision by Universal, DreamWorks, Jurassic to not portray them as scary dinosaurs? And I definitely think it's the latter. And my reason is rewatching season three a bunch over the last week or so with my son. The first time we see Rexy again after the kids are taken off the boat by the helicopter, she's just straight up chasing Yaz. Now she's on the verge of getting devoured by Rexy until the other kids start throwing rocks at her. Who thinks throwing rocks at a T-Rex is a good idea? But at that point, you're doing whatever you can to save your friend. I get it. So there's no way possible Yaz didn't think her encounters with the T-Rex weren't scary enough to warrant nightmares. So I definitely think they are purposely making it out that these two characters, I think of the dinosaurs as characters, I've probably said that before, are not bad. They're not evil. The kids shouldn't be afraid of them. Despite them being scary, because yes, they are dinosaurs and dinosaurs can be scary. They're they're on your side for a really a lack of a better way of putting it. And what really made me think that and the small phrase that put it back in my head to go back to that first thought I had watching season four was... We were watching Jurassic World, and it was the first time my son made it through the entire movie, which was awesome, by the way. He's not big on live-action movies. For, like, the Jurassic movies, he'll watch the dinosaur parts and then make us fast-forward, or just watch a compilation on YouTube of, like, just the dinosaur scenes or something like that. He's not big on humans talking, especially if it's adults. It's incredibly boring. He has zero interest in it. But he's made it all the way through the entire movie, like, two or three times now in the last week, and it's great. But what he said was near the end of Jurassic World, the very first time watching it. Although he's seen that scene a ton. That's like his favorite scene. He didn't know it was his favorite scene because it was like the only thing he's watched. But he loves it. He'll watch that whole end fight over and over and over again. He loves it. Anyway, it was me, my wife and him all watching it together. And then at the end, you know, my wife's seen the movie a few times too. So she knows what's happening. And sometimes which you know, she'll just ask questions, play along, see if what he thinks or what his answer is or whatever. So she's like, Brecken, they're all done, but how come they're not attacking the humans now? And he looks, he goes, Mama, it's because Blue and Rexy are nice. And he said it with, like, not attitude, but like, how dare you even ask that? They're not going to hurt humans. And here's this four and a half year old that he's got limited, you know, experience But based on just what he's seen of these dinosaurs, he doesn't even think they're a threat to the humans. His first thought is, they're nice. And my thinking on what that nightmare scene was in season four, I guess was validated that I guess the franchise is doing a good job in letting kids know these are dinosaurs, they're scary, hey, they're nice. Don't be afraid of them. And maybe putting them on every piece of merch helps with that. 
And I think that not having them in Yaz's PTSD and nightmares was kind of this little subliminal way of saying, hey, you don't have to worry about those dinosaurs. They're cool. And I'm going to go back to what I said at the start of this. I know that bothers a lot of people. They don't like dinosaurs being good guys or bad guys. People that are stuck on Jurassic Park in 93 is the only Jurassic movie. Nothing else matters. Some of those people after World came out was like, well, the first three are the only ones that matter. People that hated Lost World and Jurassic Park 3 are now thinking, hey, these are amazing movies. That new stuff is garbage. The dinosaurs are pets and they, they're no threat to the humans. And no, they are. You're just looking at it with hate-filled glasses. Whatever. It's fine. People are entitled to their own opinions. I, I look at things a lot different. And not just because of how much I love this franchise and how much it's, it's brought out in me and connected me with all of you. But I look at things from a real perspective and a life perspective and having a better understanding of how animals work over the last several years working with animals and have my wife being a trainer. I respect a lot more some of the behavior that goes into the animals in these movies, particularly with Blue. Now, don't get me started on Owen's clicker training. Uh, my wife was actually yelling at this movie when she was watching it because how wrong that clicker training is but that's yeah that's a different topic but yeah I, I don't get the hate people hate it because yeah blue and rexy are heroes it's it's been going on since 93 if you think about it and they probably refuse to believe it but when i started thinking about this topic i was rewinding everything in my head and it went back to that final scene in Jurassic Park where that's not why she went in there. She's like, hey, these funny looking humans are over here. They're in danger from these raptors. Let me go get them. No, it was just, you know, very convenient timing. But from a movie watcher perspective, if you really think about it, here she is. She's the hero. She's saving the day. There's something been, that's been happening for 30 years now. People only hate it in the newer movies, whatever. But Camp Cretaceous is doing a good job of letting kids know these are okay. These are nice dinosaurs to put it in the words of a four and a half year old and bravo to DreamWorks and the writers of the show to do that. I don't know if they had input or specific list of things of how to portray like, okay, make the T-Rex seem kind of scary, but never really put the kids in danger. Don't have it. So yeah, they're definitely going to be eaten here other than some kind of plot armor, which might be the case of Rexy going down for Yaz and throwing rocks, but you know, whatever, even at the end, end of that part where, you know, they're definitely, definitely in danger. We hear in the background, Marine One, Marine One, and then she just takes off. Then we know what happens there from both that season and Fallen Kingdom, which is absolutely has now taken over to be my favorite scene in all of Camp Cretaceous. Uh, I had others before, but that after rewatching it so much, that that's now my favorite scene. But it's another instance of in a kid's head, the campers are safe, and who are these bad guys, and what are they doing there? And yeah, she doesn't, you know, kill the guy the Mosasaurus does. But, I mean, she was definitely try. <laughs> so, that was the topic. Again, it's not one that's going to take a lot of time. Like last week, we're at another half hour-ish or whatever. 
and it maybe is something that's not really all that interesting to you. It's not a huge Camp Cretaceous topic, but to me, the Camp Cretaceous aspect is their conscious effort to make Rexy and Blue not seem scary to kids, not be bad guys, but tied into the films and how this has been happening all along, whether people thought about it or not, whether they want to admit it or not. It's something they've been showing us since 1993. And I have a small sample size. I have one little kid to go off of. But just from that one sample, at no point did he ever think that that dinosaur is a threat to those kids. It's scary. It's mean. And I don't know if some of that is me playing with him with the toys where he'll ask, oh, who's this? And I'll say the names. They'll say, well, what do they do in the movie? And a lot of them will just be like, it's not in any movies. It's just a toy. Um, but then I'll you know tell him about other characters and like early early on he knew about Blue and Owen and he just thought they were like best friends like him and our dog that's Owen and Blue to him so he kind of never realized what kind of vicious killing machine Blue was until he started watching some video clips and then the movie and like oh Blue is ripping people up and he has no problem with that because it's not someone he cares about <laughs> it's terrible to say uh, but because it's bad guys and people threatening her he's like okay you know now she did that to owen or one of the campers he'll probably have a different attitude but so would everybody else and whatever this you know subliminal subconscious thing the writers are going for goes all out the window with that so if this topic wasn't your cup of tea i definitely apologize but it's another one of those topics where it was brought to the forefront and if I didn't talk about it now maybe I'd never get to talk about it and it was something I originally thought of watching season four when I didn't see Rexy and Blue like the Ceratosaurus was in there like yeah Ceratosaurus was a threat to the kids but not anything like Yaz's face-to-face with Rexy it was right there but it was there for like a second and then the flare went off and it got distracted. She wasn't there for the first Ceratosaurus. That was just Darius and Kenji at the watering hole. So if the Ceratosaurus was in her nightmare, there's no reason Rexy shouldn't have been there other than the writers purposely saying, no one's afraid of this dinosaur. It is not scary. It's not something to have nightmares of because we want you to go and buy this lunchbox, buy these pajamas, buy these Valentines, you know, all that stuff. And I'm not saying it's all about marketing. It's probably a lot about marketing, but she's been the face of the franchise for 30 years, even for films she wasn't in, even films where she's in it for four minutes, 10 minutes, whatever. She's the face of the franchise and Blue has kind of taken over that as co-face of the franchise. So they also don't want her being portrayed in this evil, vicious way that kids are going to be terrified of her or scare her. Kids love Blue. You know, she's on like birthday cards. And if you go into a party store and you look at plates and other stuff, there's pictures of Blue on a lot of that stuff. Now, some of the party stores have these weird hybrids. Um, I don't know if that's the only licensing they could have got. But, you know, I, I have no idea where that stuff came from. So that wraps up that topic. If you have any thoughts on that, any questions, you know, definitely hit me up. Leave a comment on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can find me on Twitter at Cretaceous underscore Dave. 
Uh, if this isn't something you really cared about or wanted to hear my thoughts on, sorry about that. There are probably going to be episodes like that because there's a lot of stuff I'm trying to cover related to Camp Cretaceous that aren't just the show and talking about an episode or topping a topping. Yeah, topping or talking about ice cream now. Uh, talking about characters. Those are easy things for me to sit here and talk to for you. Talk to you for a half hour, an hour, whatever. I'm trying to look at things that are a little thinking out of the box, something you may not have thought about, some of the more mature or adult themes that we can go into, and like Gaz's PTSD is one of them, and I have a different topic that I thought of last week when I was going through some stuff. Uh, I'm not ready to talk about that topic just yet, uh, but it's written down. That's one of the ones I did write down. And then, of course, all the things you all are submitting, some of your ideas and questions and stuff like that. So I want to get to all that. I'm going to have a lot of fun ones. This is one of the ones I just wanted to share my thoughts on how the show is not brainwashing, but letting kids think without knowing what the show is telling them that Rexy and Blue are good. They're safe. They're not scary. They aren't a threat to the people you care about in these shows and movies. They're a threat but not to the good guys. All right, that wraps up that topic. I did say I have one other thing I wanted to get to, and if I'm not looking at you, it's because I'm scrolling on something to (laughs) bring it up and how hopefully maybe this could tie into something Camp Cretaceous down the line. But again, this is another hope or pipe dream, kind of like what I said about the Woo Files in the last episode. But late last week, we got confirmation. Well, first it was kind of leaked and then kind of official stuff from the publisher coming out that there are going to be official Maisie Lockwood um, kids novels on the way. The first one is called Off the Grid. The second one, I'm not even going to say the name anymore because basically all instances of it have been scrubbed from Amazon. My pre-order is still there. But I can't find it anymore. So maybe it wasn't supposed to get out there. So I'm not even going to say the title of that one. Uh, Apologies. But these books were written by Tess Sharp. And if the name's familiar, she's the one that wrote Evolution of Claire. So a lot of people were asking, are they canon? Are they not canon? And back on the 25th, which was three days ago. Sorry about that. I was looking at my watch for the date. uh, She has this nice long thread explaining everything. She has multiple threads. Um, But this one in particular says, I've been getting a lot of questions about Off the Grid. Maisie's first adventure is canon. And it's a nice thread explaining how much she went through, how she works with Colin and the writers and everything else. And apparently she's been working on these books for years. Like, how awesome is that? Years. Um, And based on the way she's describing it, um, I didn't read all the way through or I don't remember uh if if she did say it I missed it or I forgot about it um you know to me it sounds like this potentially could be in between the movies uh but I could be wrong I don't know I apologize if it's not this one comes out in June if you haven't pre-ordered it go check it out on Amazon or anywhere else you get books you can pre-order it now the second one comes out in August so definitely thinking that one is happening post-dominion and they don't want that out early because it may spoil things or whatnot Uh, if this one also happens post-dominion 
I apologize, but just being called off the grid makes me think it's Maisie adjusting to life where she's in hiding and what's going on. And Tess has another great thread breaking down what you can and can't expect from the book and what kind of dinosaur adventures there are. And Blue is specifically mentioned in here. So that is really awesome. And I definitely recommend you checking them out. They are geared toward 8 to 12 year olds, it says. But these kind of books can be so much fun. I like a lot of the kids stuff. Jurassic, they're really fun. The junior novelizations of Camp Cretaceous are great. And sometimes they bring us little nuggets we don't see on the show. So that's really cool too. But why am I excited about these books other than new, probably canon Jurassic material? And I think following Maisie's a really cool story. But why am I making something up <laughs> related to Camp Cretaceous with this? Well, this is a cool way of continuing Camp Cretaceous in some sort of way without necessarily having to straight up end the show. Now, I'm not saying Maisie is part of Camp Cretaceous, but they can take something like these Maisie adventures and then turn it into the spinoff of Camp Cretaceous. Like, it can be, you know, Camp Cretaceous, Maisie's Adventures. If they want to stick to the Camp Cretaceous name to let kids, you know, be familiar with it. Because if they just make Jurassic World, Maisie's Adventures, maybe kids will, you know, get it. But if they keep the Camp Cretaceous name, you know, uh, maybe it's the kind of thing that just flows or it's their way of saying, uh, like... When Frank Marshall said, hey, we have the animated show and we don't really need anything else. That, that's not at all what he said, but I'm just you know, saying some words that loosely paraphrase what he said. So, you know, immediately in my head, I'm like, okay, they just keep it going. Or he also said for now, which is an easy cop out. Like, oh, well, when I said that, we didn't have one two days later. We started making this show. But maybe they do just want to stick to the Camp Cretaceous brand. And this is a way they can branch off on that. Now, I had the Camp Cretaceous Woo Files or, you know, whatever I said. They can do this Maisie thing where she has her own animated series then. And we can get a set of it set between Fallen Kingdom and Dominion. Or we can have post-Dominion, depending on what happens in Dominion. Like, who knows? Um, is all humanity wiped out? I doubt it. Are all dinosaurs wiped out? I doubt it. But we'll see. There's, there's so many places they can go with this. Or they can even incorporate the campers back on the mainland in 2018 in this. So maybe, I, I don't know where all the kids are from. I have no idea. But maybe someone's in Northern California or wherever you know she is at this point. We don't know for sure where she is, but we have a really good idea because we're pretty sure that's Owen's cabin that he finished building. And we know where we last saw Blue. And then from like Merch at Universal, we know where she was last seen. Whatever that means <laughs> from when that merch was made. But uh, it could be kind of cool to tie them together and then bring even more of the franchise together. It's, it's a cool thing. It's not really Camp Cretaceous. In my head, I'm trying to make it Camp Cretaceous. I don't know. But anyway, definitely check out the books. Uh, if you want to see these threads I'm talking about on Twitter... Uh, you could just search for Tess Sharp, but her uh, Twitter name is at Sharp Girl, S-H-A-R-P-E Girl. And she's really great. Uh, she's a great writer. 
and she interacts with people and she's a lot of fun. So I definitely recommend checking out her stuff and pre-order this Maisie book. If you haven't, I'm not getting paid to say that. I have no sponsorships, affiliations, whatever with anybody, anything. Anything I say is just pure opinion. So I think that just about does it for this episode for the people on YouTube. Sorry about this cord dangling. The battery in my headphones was about to die before I did this. So I have it plugged in and I will see you all hopefully next week. But if not, I will see you real soon. Stay safe, stay Jurassic and have a great week, everyone. <laughs>